Karen Vibe is a financial advisor with the Global Wealth Management Division of Morgan Stanley in Reno, Nevada. The information contained in this broadcast is not a solicitation to purchase or sell investments. Any information presented is general in nature and not intended to provide individually tailored investment advice. The views expressed herein are those of the author and may not necessarily reflect the views of Morgan Stanley Smith Barney LLC member SIPC or its affiliates. Now, the Wealth Protection Diva is a successful entrepreneur, business owner, and premier business strategist, president and CEO of Sage International Incorporated, and a national speaker, best-selling author, and motivational teacher of financial education, business development, and wealth protection strategies, the joys and frustrations of being a business owner. Her insights are motivating. Her frankness inspiring. Here is Sherry Hill. Money. Few words have the power to provoke such extreme human emotions. A lot of us refuse to even talk about money. Like religion, sex, or politics, the topic is taboo at the dinner table and off-limits in the workplace. We might discuss wealth and polite company, but money is explicit. It's raw. It's garish. It's intensely personal and highly charged. It can make people feel guilty when they have it, or ashamed when they don't. But what does it really mean? My guest, Karen Vibe, CFP, CRPS, is Portfolio Management Director, First Vice President, Financial Advisor at Morgan Stanley in their Wealth Management Division. Welcome, Karen. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. And I think even with uh, what's happening in the markets today, this is phenomenal timing on your end to uh, have have us talk about a few points about money. I love it. Well, as someone who's worked with a lot of folks around the subject of money, let's talk about first and foremost what most of us are really after, which is the feelings, the emotions we think money can create, like the feeling of empowerment, freedom, security, helping others, and having choices. Absolutely. Well, I think when it comes to preparing for your financial future and having the sense of feeling empowered with money, oftentimes that comes with actually taking steps and actions to save money and have money. Um, Oftentimes, uh, we see that the public associates having money with spending money. And really what that is, is the opposite of what having money is. Having wealth is having savings, not having things. Right. And so I'm sure you see this a lot because you're out there and you do a lot of teaching and speaking and, of course, all your one-on-one consulting with, you know, clients around the subject of money. And before you can jump into, hey, let's review your statements and where you're at, you have to kind of take a barometer of what is their their money mindset or what do they think about money and of course there's all those types and archetypes around am i a saver am i a spender am i a what am i absolutely and usually when i'm working with couples we have uh, extremes actually because we tend to be attracted to our opposite and that tends to be true also with money and finances so 
when I'm dealing with couples, sometimes we have a saver and we have a spender in the relationship and really blending those two personalities to come up with a financial plan that is satisfactory for both sides can be a challenge at times. And so there is an education that goes in a a whole process that we go through uh, when you're a client of mine, when we, we take a look at the personalities within the relationship and then also the personalities within your relationship with money. All right. Well, and again, you know, just even the subject of talking about it, we see this, you know, the parents aren't talking or helping their kids understand the financial side of life. Spouses aren't communicating with each other or partners or whomever. And all of a sudden, there's all this conflict because you and I both know one of the number one causes of divorce is money. It's exactly correct. So oftentimes we don't have the um, the foresight before we get into the relationship or before we get married to say, gee, you know, how do you behave with money? And, and let's take a look at your balance sheet and let's see how you budget before you get married. Um, oftentimes when we are dealing with clients and their um, financial situation, they're already married and we're dealing with the aftermath of how they've been behaving with money and then really trying to get a sense of how we can compromise. Um, perhaps compromise isn't a great word, but how we can uh, come together to create a successful plan going forward. So those are challenges. Yeah. Well, and of course, then, you know, a huge push in America is financial literacy for kids. And again, if I'm the parent or their, you know, kids are in my household and I don't have clarity or understanding or the wherewithal to manage effectively, save whatever, how am I supposed to teach my kids? Exactly. And I think parents um, know this. And I am not a parent. I do not have children. I am a daughter. So I know that I blueprint what my parents have done in their actions, not necessarily what they've done in their words. So even though you may not talk about money with your kids or or your family, people know how you behave and they see how you behave and they do that. So I say that it is a very dangerous space to be in to say, well, I don't know where Susie or Johnny learned how to be this way with their money. And if you're talking about a child of yours, it's probably because they've, they've been watching you (laughs) so you have to like like when you're teaching them how to drive don't don't drive like I drive right follow the rules yes what I say not as I do (laughs) and so that's why when it comes to teaching children and really um, having them be educated with money showing them and talking to them about it is it's a dual process it's not let's not talk about it and somehow they'll just figure it out in school or in their life it's a very dangerous way to go and as we are seeing already it is a very unsuccessful way to teach kids about money. Right. Well, while we're on the subject of teaching kids about money, I mean, I think uh, more important is now, you know, someone who might be in their 20s, right, versus someone who might be in their 50s is really there's this kind of, well, I'm young, I can just, you know, certainly I can take bigger risks, yet what is that truly costing me in my future? Absolutely. And and if I am having those opportunities with clients who are in their 20s, um, those conversations sometimes are, are very interesting. It's about they're trying to be more than who they are right now. They're, they're trying to look good and, and feel good and, and be out there. They're very uh, social. They're very, um, you know, uh, 
very transparent in who they are. They want to be unique. And sometimes being unique means spending money or doing something outside of their means. But if you have an opportunity to speak with a millennial right now and hear their concerns on what's important to them, their concerns right now are how can I make an impact on the world? You know, how can I buy a house right now? That's a huge hot topic for these young 20-somethings uh, that are just exiting college. How am I going to pay my student loans and how am I going to save for my future? Those are all huge concerns in that uh, sort of age bracket. And so as a financial advisor to someone who may be starting out, those are concerns that we work through. And I have to help them prioritize what those are because you can't have everything now. And so you have to do a little bit of everything to get what you want later. And that's really the message to these young people is, yes, you're going to take risks no matter what you do, whether you volunteer for charity and travel the world, whether you purchase a home, whether you save for the future, or whether you have to go into debt to start a business. These are all risks that you have to assess. And I can't answer those for you. Only you can do that. And I help bring clarity and show clients, hey, this is what you're telling me is your priority. All right. This is Sherry Hill. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show with guest Karen Vibe, who is a certified financial planner with Morgan Stanley. And of course, we're talking in this segment about money. And, you know, really, it's always been a fascination of mine. I've done a tremendous amount of study because I help people start businesses, right? And, you know, as I often say, you know, if you don't have money management skills in your personal life, you don't just magically become the expert when you start a business. And so these principles and these attitudes and these emotions and feelings we have around money, which start at a very early age, transcend throughout lifetime unless we identify them. And at some times we we have to fix them, right? Can I say amen to that? Thank you. Absolutely. And Sherry, I know you are doing such a great job to educate um, the community in regards to the steps that they need to take to educate themselves properly and what they need to do going forward. Um, By the time they come to see a financial advisor like me, we're certainly hoping that they have some education and, and some skills when it comes to money, but sometimes we don't. You know, sometimes we see clients that have huge windfalls. Family members die, there's an inheritance, there's some sort of windfall that happens in their life, and we're not getting uh, clients that are educated. And I know that um, when we're dealing with more educated clients, such as this show and other things that you do, share in your business, we have a better client to deal with going forward. Right. And, and you see that. So again, it's those habits around money, those attitudes, behaviors, beliefs. And so someone who, you know, is a huge spender, if they get a big windfall, so they were, I don't want to say broke, but not financially secure, get a big windfall. And I can guarantee within a year or two, guess what? They're broke. Right. And I'll give you a statistic that I learned several years ago, and and I don't know how um, accurate that statistic is now, but several years ago, I would actually talk to clients and I say, if you receive a windfall, and that windfall could be the lottery, it could be an inheritance from mom and dad, it could be $10,000. Marry and do it. Exactly. (laughs) You will spend through that money in 14 months. That is the average. And then what happens is, is clients actually spend that money, they've upped their lifestyle, and then they go broke because they can't sustain that lifestyle. They do not have the cash flow to sustain the maintenance, the everydays of all the new things that are in their life. And so it's really about educating those those people to say, look, it's not about the windfall. You could get a million dollars, you could get $10,000, but if you spend through it, it's it all ends up being zero anyway. Right. So we really have to do a lot of education going forward to change habits and changing habits 
just is not going to happen over one talk show, one meeting, one client review. These are things that happen over a long period of time. And so we have to really be persistent with clients and say, you have to stick with the plan. Stick to the new habits that you said that you wanted. These are the priorities that you told me that you wanted to do. This is how you get there. And it, it can be a frustrating experience. And especially for the client or the, the person who has just received this money, it can seem um, that financial advisors can be somewhat parental or bossy. But really, all we're doing is just reminding you of the goals that you told us you wanted. Right. And that's tough. Well, and, and I think that's probably, you know, what sets great financial advisors apart from others out there. Someone like yourself, where, I mean, this is like the first conversation. It's not where are we going to invest your money. I mean, there's all this work to do prior to. And so just talk just a little bit about that, because how vital that is in a relationship that I want to build with a good financial advisor. Absolutely. You know, when you are walking into an office to interview a financial advisor and the only topic that's on the table is here's this plunk of money. What are you going to do with it? What stocks are you going to buy? And I'm going to rank you based upon your performance on how the stock market does. Well, that's going to be a pretty darn bad relationship at the end because the financial advisor cannot control the market. I'm sorry. I don't know who is telling you that they know. Um, I know Sherry has a crystal ball in the middle of our table here is a big joke, but no one has a crystal ball that will actually predict the future with any sense of accuracy. So really what you're dealing with when a client comes in for the first time and then wants to plunk in a, a large sum of money with you or a small sum of money with you is to really get to know that client. I mean, my job is to know my client and know their behaviors and having meetings with that client and really interviewing them and saying, how did you behave in 2008 and 2009? You know, what what are you doing in regards to your habits with your businesses? How are you running your cash flow with your business? How do you pay yourself? How do you pay your employees? Are you using tax advantage strategies in order to get yourself ahead and use the resources that you have? Do you hire experts to help you in areas that you don't know? Or do you try to do everything yourself? These are just some of the questions that I will ask in that meeting, and it really helps to frame who I'm dealing with. And there are times that I do not take that client because I already know that that is going to be a losing relationship, whether it be a 60-day relationship or a three-year relationship, but you can pretty much tell if there is, as you get to know that client, really where their behavior lies. And it's a sad process because I am so passionate about what I do. I so want to help clients. I, I know the ways to be successful, but you have to do that in a way so they see how they can be successful because it's not just about me telling you what to do. It's about you living it, breathing it, owning it, and feeling powerful with it. Awesome. Well, we're going to pick up on this conversation. I love this conversation about money. Stick with us. We'll be right back. This is Sharon Lecter from Paradise Valley, Arizona. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she helped us get up and running with the Rich Dad Company. Sherry Hill is dedicated to your success. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. 
This is Sam Hart, owner and co-founder of Red Wagon Network. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she connects and educates. A perfect combo. Thank you, Sherry. Welcome back to The Sherry Hill Show. Doing everything possible to spark and fuel your entrepreneurial dreams. Now, here's your host, Sherry Hill. Most people have no idea how much money they'll need to achieve financial security, independence, and freedom. Or the giant numbers they have in their heads are so intimidating that they never even start a plan to get there. If I were to ask a room full of people how much money they need to be financially secure, independent, or free, most don't have a clue. Is it one million, five million, or a billion dollars? If you were to write that number down, I can tell you that it probably feels a bit large to you right now, doesn't it? My fabulous guest, Karen Vibe, a certified financial planner and chartered retirement plan specialist with Morgan Stanley, helps clients preserve and grow their wealth. Not only that, she is a wonderful musician, the one who beats the big drums for the Reno Chamber Orchestra and the Reno Philharmonic. Karen, I know that a huge part of your conversation with your clients is what is it going to take to fulfill their dreams? Boy, that is the multi-million dollar question, isn't it? And that's the question that sometimes prevents clients or prospective clients from seeing a financial advisor because they think that that number is so large that why even bother? They will be working until the day they die. And if you have that attitude, that is your reality. But what I would encourage you to do is go out and talk to somebody so that you can have a little insight, a little piece, a little something, motivation, if you will, to get out there and really help set the stage or the plan to get you to where you want to be. Because really, this life that we live is about enjoying it, but it's also about preparing to enjoy our future as well. It is not always about what can I do today and how can I use up the resources because there will be no tomorrow. It's all about enjoying our lives, expecting a very long and healthy life, and what are you going to do to prepare for that long and healthy life? And we, as humans, sometimes like to put that in perspective with numbers and retirement numbers and what's it going to take to fulfill my hopes and dreams. So what I like to do is is perhaps create a financial plan around those hopes and dreams, and we can backtrack and say, okay, well, you're going to have a great life no matter what. We live in America. We have a lot of things that most other people on the planet do not have already. So let's start there, and let's move forward. All right. Well, and plans are going to change. I mean, you know, when you're young, you've got, you know, a bucket list of a thousand things, want to travel the world and do all these, you know, rather expensive things. But the older you get, some you've already accomplished, some are not even a priority anymore. You also have the opportunity to adjust your lifestyle. I look at these big giant mansions and go, if I were 60 or 70 or 80 years old, do I really want to maintain a big giant mansion? Absolutely. And, and <laughs> what's so great about that is some people say yes, and some people are 60 and 70 and absolutely enjoy that and, and love that. But there are a lot of other people out there to say, no, you know, my time is more important to me than my big, huge house. And I spend a lot of time cleaning that house or maintaining that house or worrying about that house. And so when I'm hearing clients say things like that, then that opens up the conversation to say, maybe we should adjust the priority. What is now the new priority? And let's change the plan to reflect the changes in your life. Right. Do you make 
your clients, you know, or prospective clients kind of do a, an exercise of so writing down, here's really kind of it's your bucket list. And again, as a couple or an individual, do they match? Are you on the same page? Couples are a mess. Let's just yeah. say it right there. They are. And and I'm sorry, it, it is. I find at times that I joke with clients in our meetings that oftentimes you just start to ask a couple questions and then I just sit back in my chair and then let them discuss because oftentimes it's the first time they are discussing it and I am just the fly on the wall. But what I do is I help to uh, really mediate that conversation. I help to guide that conversation and say, okay, let's take this down and, and come to a place where we both can win. And what is it that we all can agree on in, when it comes to your financial future? What are the sort of the 35,000 foot views on where you want to to be in life and how you want that to look. And then we can get down to the details later, whether we want to go to Egypt or whether we want to go to Africa and we're arguing about which trip to take first and how much money to take out. Let's just step back for a second and and really get back to the basics in in regards to making sure we're doing all the things that are necessary to plan for the hopes and dreams and and really have enough for the what ifs and the gaps that will happen out in life. Yes, that is the next big thing. Right. Well, and again, once once people sit down and really work the number they're going to find that it's usually not those millions and millions of dollars you think you're going to need. It might only be a couple of million dollars. This process, this financial planning process, hiring an expert to help you with your money is not scary. It's only scary in your mind. Once you actually come into the office and visit, you know, we have a hot chocolate or a cappuccino and we sit down and we actually enjoy ourselves and really discuss you and your lifestyle. This process is not scary. It really isn't. And once once you kind of have those moments with a financial advisor and start opening up the dialogue with what you want, it becomes very powerful. And when you start feeling powerful, you start moving towards your goals. And when you do that, the ball is rolling and you are on your way. Yeah, this is Sherry Hill. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show with guest Karen Vibe, who's a CFP with Morgan Stanley. Let's, let's talk about that because I'm, you know, I one of my favorite terms is buckets. Yeah. And so if I'm thinking about my, you know, security bucket, my retirement bucket, my dream bucket, some of those things, and that's where you tend to start to come up with the numbers. What is it really going to, what are you really going to need at whatever point this time in your life? And I'm not a huge believer in I'm going to do all this. So by the time I'm 70 or 80, I'm financially secure. I want to have fun now. Exactly. <laughs> and we can plan that and we can put that in your budget. And and it's not we, it's you do it. I hope you do it. And so that's that's the great thing with, uh, again, having a plan or at least opening up the dialogue to, to have these discussions and just say, look, you have to live under your means now if you want to fund the future. If you want to blow it all now and enjoy and you don't care about tomorrow, then we don't have to worry about living under your means. Go out and and enjoy that, you know, trip and travel or whatever it is that you'd like to do. The problem is, is that nobody knows when they're going to die. You know, I don't care about your family history and everybody's dropped dead at 70. I have to plan that you are going to live till 92 or 93 in my financial plan because the likelihood of you living that long statistically is average. So I know no one likes to be average. 
average, right? Everyone wants to be something else other than average, but I have to plan for the expectancy that you will be living a long time. And retiring at 60 to die at 93 means 33 years of retirement and fun and all the things. So if you're just now starting to plan at 50, uh, f- and and only have 10 years of planning for a 33-year retirement, chances are you have to save a lot. Or work more. Or work more <laughs> and have fun. It's never one or the other. Yes. Well, uh, my family lives when all organs fail, so I'm pretty good to 100. <laughs> but, you know, let, let's talk about that because as younger professionals, certainly, or people, we think that, you know, we're going to cruise into 92 healthy, happy, having a great time. But you said the term earlier, those gaps, and planning for some of those unintended consequences, unexpected, whether it's medical, whether whatever it is, I mean, so again, that has to be into the equation. It is, and it's and it almost angers clients that I put it in there. You know, it is almost is like, well, I I don't know if that's going to happen to me. You know, what happens if I drop dead and or if I get run over by a bus and then I'm going to have all this money left over? It's like, well, what a great problem to have, actually. And then we plan a legacy. But the whole point is, is that you have to plan and and have enough money in your worst moments in life. And no one thinks about that when you're in pain, when you have something going on, and you do not have the money to to meet your basic needs because you blew it all on something else, you know, in your prior life, in your earlier years, you will, your future self will not thank you. So my job is to to be that future self and to see clients day after day after day, know their struggles that they're seeing in all stages of their life and help guide you and say, your future self is telling you, we have a gap here. And I know that if this happens to you, these are the problems that you'll face and you'll want to have money to cover in this situation because I've seen it with other people. And we're not just talking about cat. It could be insurance or types of insurance, all the stuff that's going to help you with that. A lot of people are like, well, you know, the last check I want to write is the one to the undertaker and it bounces. So even dying broke is a strategy. It is. And it's a, <laughs> and you know, it's a phenomenal strategy. And, and I'm sure there are those very few out there who have done it and, and have done it perfectly. But we have to go with statistics. We have to go with the average. We have to go with I am dealing with the general public and how they behave and what they do. And this tells me that we are either severely underprepared to live a phenomenal retirement or we have a few of those clients who are living under their means and are overprepared, which is awesome, which means we are now discussing legacy planning. We're talking about charitable organizations and gifting to children and grandchildren and and helping create a better community for tomorrow. Because really, if we're all just about us, you know, if we're all just about, I want to spend it all and it's about me and I've earned this and and this, that and the other, it's a very um, hollow life you will lead because it's not just about you. We, We don't live on an island by ourselves. We live in a community and that community is a village and we all need village people to help us get to where we're going in business and in life. Yes. And I know you see this generationally. I mean, I, I, you know, look at my grandmother who clutched her purse upon her deathbed, you know, depression, all those things, and never really was taught about legacy planning and all those things. Again, you know, she was 95 when she passed away a couple of years ago, lived through a lot of stuff. But, you know, I watched her because how do we learn, right? 
and realize that, you know, the material things of life, the collections, the endless collections in every room and the way she spent her money is, I said, I'm breaking this cycle. I am not going to have this in my life. So, you know, I became a minimalist to a degree, but love to have fun. So the value of time and travel and experience has way more importance to me than perhaps someone who went through the depression that material items are really what their focus is. So you see it all. Absolutely. And that's, I guess, the challenge of being a financial advisor is you will be in a meeting for two hours with a client who is very minimalist and very, I don't need to save, I enjoy in the moment. And then the next meeting, you have somebody with millions of dollars in the bank, and they are terrified to take out $5,000 to spend on a estate planning revision because they don't want to use any of their money. You know, they need to have this pile of money amassed, and they don't ever enjoy their life, spend it, or do anything with it. So uh, the challenge that we have as advisors is to to give the appropriate advice to each of those clients. It's not about this is the advice and all people must fit into this box. It is really helping the client identify their priorities and then doing the things um, to help them create those dreams. I mean, we all have our set list of what we want, and my job is just to help you get that, whatever that is, you know, and it's different for everyone. Karen, your phone number, if somebody's inspired because they like what they're hearing here and says, you know what, she might be someone cool to sit down with. What's your phone number? Absolutely. Office number is area code 775-823-8641. And I would be happy to take your call. Awesome. We'll be right back. This is Erin Mache from Encompass Consulting. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she provides the valuable knowledge necessary for business owners to thrive. Thank you, Sherry. Sage International Incorporated fosters the entrepreneurial spirit by first educating our clients. In fact, we wrote the best-selling book, Incorporate and Get Rich, as recommended by Robert Kiyosaki in his bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. For over 20 years, we've taught thousands of business owners, investors, professionals, and entrepreneurs how to properly structure their business and personal assets to avoid the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate and death taxes. Call Sage International Incorporated at 1-800-254-5779 to set up a free 30-minute consultation. That's 1-800-254-5779. Sage International. I am proud to be paying taxes in the United States. The only thing is, I could be just as proud for half of the money. For years, I have been teaching the fact that we actually have two tax codes. One, if you are a W-2 wage earner, you get to earn, be taxed, and spend what's left. The second is if you're a business owner, you get to earn, spend, deduct, and then pay a tax on what is left. Now, which tax code would you like to work under? Today's conversation is all about creating and preserving wealth, and if you boil it down into three distinct forces that can help you achieve the greatest returns, they are asset allocation, diversification, and tax efficiency. My guest, Karen Vibe, Certified Financial Planner and Chartered Retirement Plan Specialist with Morgan Stanley, works with folks to achieve greater knowledge and confidence in planning for their financial future. So Karen, let's talk about both sides of this coin. 
first is me the individual and my needs for the future and then as a business owner how i can use my company to achieve even greater and faster results these are really great topics and they are two distinct strategies so to be a person who is building wealth on the personal side of the balance sheet and then also owning a business and using your business to also build the balance sheet of the business and yourself is a great strategy as well. Um, But I think that as uh, people are out there trying to build wealth and figure out ways to diversify um, not only um, their wealth themselves, but diversify their resources, I think owning a business can be a great strategy to help build wealth. And there are many ways to do that. What happens is sometimes business owners are very good at their idea or doing their craft, but they may not be so great in knowing some really great strategies to help save taxes, help structure their business, help get some great financial advice and run their payroll and hire great employees. And that's really where you're going to need a lot of help, which I know, Sherry, that is what you do in your business. And then you also resource out to other people in your village, per se, here um, to help you really give the business owners the best possible resources to make a successful business happen for now and also for the future. So as a financial advisor, I I definitely help with those strategies. So I I may have a business owner who is doing both of those things, owns a business, but also has a family and wants to build wealth there. And then I also see clients that are just uh, building wealth for themselves and really trying to reach their hopes and dreams. They want to create a phenomenal future for themselves and they need help creating that strategy. So I'm happy to help on both sides, as we say, of that um, tax form. But really, I think, Sherry, today we we wanted to talk about some maybe some specific things that uh, business owners can do to help. Right. And and specifically, I mean, if if I can effectively reduce your taxes in your business, the money that you save in taxes, you now have the ability to invest. See, I'm not paying the highest amount of taxes and then trying to invest literally the strategies and the way that, you know, part of our education is really about tax reduction, but most important, it's do something with it, invest. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that's a mistake that I do see business owners making is, is not knowing all of the resources and strategies that are out there to really use the business to help save for their future retirement. I mean, you can really be selfish with your business and hide money in that way, meaning hide it for the future, not hide it right. forever. And and oftentimes I, I talk to business owners and I say, okay, well, let's take a look at your current corporate retirement plan that you have now. What is that? And there's a variety of, of things that business owners may or, may or may not be aware of when they're first starting out in business. Some very inexpensive ways to help save for the future when you're not making a lot, but you have a little bit of money that you can use through the business to help save for your future. And then as you are, are, you know, get that ball rolling and you're able to save more and more through your business, then we can adjust to take a look at other strategies for the business to help save you even more money and help your employees save more money and help retain your employees and incentivize your top line employees or your top hat employees is what we call them to help uh, keep those great employees and make them motivated to stay there work there, be more productive. And that just means more money for you. Right. Well, and then also the exit side, because now, you know, I can be doing, you know, reducing my taxes and building retirement and all that. And then I have opportunity to potentially sell my business and I can lose a whole bunch there if I haven't strategized and planned for my exit. Absolutely. And and that is a a common mistake, especially when um, we see business owners get a little emotional with their business or get frustrated with different things that may happen 
happen from a legal standpoint. New laws happen. It makes it harder for them to make money or whatever the case may be. They tend to get uh, a little emotional and then they just sell the business and they take pennies for the dollar on that business. They just want out when really all it is is opening up the conversation with someone like yourself, someone like me, a financial advisor that can help with business strategies and say, let's take a look at maybe partnering. Do you have a son or a daughter or a family member that you'd like to work with that is uh, really enthusiastic about your business that can really help you grow the business but is also younger or will be able to to take over that business and, and come up with a plan so that you can exit well and also get paid for all this time and energy that you've put into your business. But oftentimes business owners are so focused on the day-to-days, they're so reactive with what is going on in their business right now that they do not take the time necessary to really plan and strategize and help themselves be better. Right. Well, and that's the key. I mean, it's all about, I don't want to work all this time and build this asset and then give it all to Uncle Sam in the end. Exactly. And it's not about that. There's a lot of different ways that they can, um, you know, use different strategies. And again, we don't have time to talk about that today, but there's a lot of different ways that you can um, take a look at um, strategically placing yourself to be successful after you're gone. And that business continues to run and maybe you collect the paycheck or that business runs and you've cashed out, but you've cashed out really well. Right. So again, it's sitting down with someone like Karen, who really is going to look at the big picture. I mean, this is, you're not emotionally attached you're not in the business you're not making those day-to-day decisions but it's like you know as we talked about in the previous segment what are your priorities what are your goals what are you trying to do when do you want to get out of this business do you want to create legacy within the business do you want to support nonprofits in your business you know all those things Exactly. And and really having somebody like me, I'm out of your head, meaning I'm the non-emotional person who is observing your actions and what you do in your business and being a great sounding board to say, hey, you told me these were your priorities and you are moving in a direction that is not in alignment with what you said you wanted. So I'm just here to help you correct that or I am just here to help you re-strategize if you've changed your focus. It's not about a right or wrong here. It's about helping you achieve those goals. And it's really hard to achieve those goals if you're so emotionally involved in your head and telling yourself certain things, or I can do this, or I can't do this, or I need to sell, or I need to buy more. That is just uh, get yourself out of your own fray and, and talk to an expert to really help clarify and give you some clarity on what you really want. Right. This is Sherry Hill. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show with guest Karen Vibe, who's a certified financial planner with Morgan Stanley. And, you know, from the business perspective, as I as I mentioned in the intro, you know, we have really great opportunities to create wealth. One of the, you know, biggest frustrations I hear, especially from people that are starting in business, is they don't plan to pay themselves as they build the business. And I'm absolutely opposed to that, right? So as we talked about, there's me, the individual who has to create wealth for the future. And then there's me, the business owner that is trying to provide livelihood for myself and my employees. And I have a great way to build wealth through that. Exactly. And it's so frustrating on on my end because you hear the business owner in these situations where they say, I can't afford to pay myself. I can't afford to X, Y, Z. And and I have to say back to that, well, if you can't afford it now, how are you going to afford it later? So do it anyway, because it's just one more bill that you're going to pay. And that bill is a bill to you to pay yourself first. And you will thank yourself 
later for the decisions you make in paying yourself first because you are making that investment of your time. Our time is the most valuable thing that we have on this planet, period. It is not money. It is our time. So when you are spending your blood, sweat, and tears in a business and you are not paying yourself for your time, it is the number one mistake in my opinion. Yeah. Well, absolutely, because, well, it it hurts you at so many levels, especially in the future if you ever want to sell your business, because I personally would not buy a business that the owner wasn't paying himself. Absolutely, and it shows me, <laughs> as someone who, who looks at that balance sheet, is that they don't care about themselves. They clearly do not have good strategies in place to run that business effectively, and then it just goes down from there. And uh, those are some really tall tales or the the signs that uh, we look at when I'm looking to um, purchase something or not purchase something, especially when there's a cash flow involved. I look at that balance sheet. I see what those actions are saying and that business owner is doing or that that person is doing in regards to how they're running that business. And is that something that I would like to buy? And if you're not, if you don't know what signs to look for, um, how can you possibly do that yourself? Well, and again, as a, as a business, I can invest in all kinds of things. It doesn't just have to be my business. As a corp or an LLC, I can invest in real estate. I can invest in the stock market. I can do other things that create potential cash flow in the business completely unrelated to the widget I'm selling. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> right. And and obviously in the one segment we're talking about today, which is, you know, looking at the stocks and the stock market itself, this is how we value great stocks. We say, who's managing it? What kind of profits do they have? What kind of cash flow do they have? Are they paying a dividend or not? Is that important to you? And these are the things we look for. That's a fundamental, um, very basic thing that I do as a financial advisor when I'm making those investments for a client if they choose to put some money into the stock market. Those are those are the number one items I'm looking for. And it should be the same for any small business. You may not be publicly traded, but what you do and how you do it is critically important to that cash flow and how you you manage yourself and how you give back to your community and do you give back to the community. Those are all really important things when other potential clients in the community are looking to do business with you. They want to know that you support yourself and you support um, others out there. And that is really key when you are looking to make investments with stocks, business, you know, rentals, whatever that may be, there are a lot of really great signs that you need to be looking at uh, before you buy. Yes. Well, you know what? We have to go to break. We come back. I'm going to pick up with Karen, but very quickly, if somebody is very interested in learning more about, Karen, your wealth management principles and how you work specifically with clients, what is the phone number you'd like them to call? My office phone number is area code 775-823-8641. Great. Okay. We'll be right back. This is Karen Vibe, Portfolio Management Director at Morgan Stanley. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she is the most friendly, wonderful, passionate woman that I know that will help you set up your business and help you in so many ways. Thank you, Sherry. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. 
Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. Karen Vibe is a financial advisor with the Global Wealth Management Division of Morgan Stanley in Reno, Nevada. The information contained in this broadcast is not a solicitation to purchase or sell investments. Any information presented is general in nature and not intended to provide individually tailored investment advice. The views expressed herein are those of the author and may not necessarily reflect the views of Morgan Stanley Smith Barney LLC member SIPC or its affiliates. Making the simple complicated is commonplace. Making the complicated simple, awesomely simple, that's creativity. My guest today is Karen Vibe, a certified financial planner and chartered retirement plan specialist with Morgan Stanley, who helps clients preserve and grow their wealth. She holds a master's degree from the University of Nevada, Reno, and for the past 15 years, a percussion musician for the Reno Chamber Orchestra and the Reno Philharmonic. So Karen, I'm sure you see this all the time. People who show up in your office with a stack of papers, portfolios, and statements from a myriad of financial institutions and bank accounts. Complicated, confusing, and quite chaotic. And I always appreciate that opportunity because, as I say, the more complicated, the more you need me. (laughs) Really, it does create a, a phenomenal opportunity to help those clients gain clarity. I feel like, especially these days, with all the resources that we have, it has not helped people. It has confused people. And that actually is a wonderful opportunity for someone like myself who really takes time with clients to help them regain their clarity, simplify Don't do more, do less. Do a few things really well and have one plan. And then if that plan changes, we change the one plan. But it's very difficult to really run your financial life when you have five different financial advisors doing five different strategies and have five different opinions during an up market or a down market or a sideways market. What does that really do for you? And really, you are trusting that person or those people to do a job for you when really, unless we're dealing with billions of dollars that can be done by one person, one phone call, one person that you deal with to help you get to wherever it is that you need to go. People take in, I needed to diversify and create asset allocation by multiple accounts versus... They they take the idea of don't put your eggs in one basket and they take that to the extreme and they say, don't put all of your eggs with one person or one financial firm or one business or one anything. And that, I, I will say, is a complete lie because what it does is it creates confusion for you. It creates complications and you need to focus on the things you do well and you need to try Trust one person to do the thing that they do well. And if you don't like that person, then fine, fire that person and hire somebody you do trust. But this whole idea of having multiple financial advisors doing the same thing for you is not healthy. Well, and I imagine you're losing a lot of money because of all the different fees. And and that's one of the huge things is looking at how much is it really costing you to create wealth. And, you know, think of all just the paperwork all by itself from different firms that come in. We get, you know, a lot of comments back about a lot of the papers that we send, and we're just one firm. So we try strategies like e-delivery and getting your statements online and all these great ways to reduce the mail. But I cannot imagine if you had several financial advisors at several different firms, the amount of mail that you must get and just going through your mail on a day-to-day basis 
why spend time doing that? You know, that, that doesn't make sense. So again, simplify, gain clarity, really focus on things you would like to be doing and not focusing on opening up mail. Right. With so much information available, you see this. I mean, I can go as someone, as an individual, I can go and figure out the stock market or how to invest in mutual funds or bonds or put it in a CD. I mean, I have a lot of choices. I can go online and learn about all of them. Am I truly the best financial advisor that I could have? No. Me. <laughs> no, I, I don't agree. And yeah. and really, we're all smart people. And, and if I wanted to fix my car and learn about that and take my time to do that, I could do that. I could, you know, be a housekeeper. I could be a lawyer. I could be anything I wanted. Here is the thing that we need to focus on. Do the one thing that you do well. Hire out experts to do the things that you don't want to do. Or maybe you love doing them. You just don't have time to do them. So you work with somebody to do those things or hire out. But when we are all taking this, I can do everything. I'm an expert myself. I'm not going to be emotionally involved in my money. I'm not going to this or that. That is a lie to yourself. And you will find you will be far more efficient to hire a personal financial advisor to help you gain clarity when it comes to your money. Well, I mean, let's let's just look at this last couple of weeks. I mean, the market roller coaster and, you know, Dow 600 points down and all this stuff. I don't really know what all that means, to be honest with you. And, you know, should I be concerned? I mean, I got a lot of money in 401ks. I've got all that kind of stuff. Is it, how does this really affect me at the micro level if we're talking about Greece and China and all these other things? It absolutely affects people because what it does is it, it plays on their mind and their emotion. And all the more reason why you need a financial advisor so you're not being reactive with the noise that's out there. There is so much fray. There's so much information out there. It does not help you to turn on the news and say, bye, 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 bye right now in the market. You turn on the next station, sell, 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 sell. It's all going down. You should get out now and save your money. That creates a phenomenal opportunity for somebody like me. I thrive in these types of situations because clients need clarity when it comes to their money. I offer that. We have a plan. We're going to stick to the plan. This is what happens when it goes down 10%. This is what happens when it goes down 20%. Do you need the money? Do you not need the money? And again, having that personal relationship with somebody who knows your specific situation and not just blurting out and barking out orders to the general public, that is horrible. You know, they don't know anything about you and your situation. This is why I do very well in these times because people see the value of having someone like me. Right. Well, does your phone ring off the hook when when the news media, you know, is really, oh my God, everything's, you know, we're going into the next recession? It's very interesting because oftentimes, yes, there are more calls, but I am so proactive in how I deal with my business. Clients are getting emails. They're getting social media updates. I am proactively talking to them and saying, here is what our chief investment strategist is saying. Here is the 20-minute call that you should listen to that is really going to explain exactly what's going on. And given your specific situation, it's a buying opportunity. Whereas the next phone call would say, you know what, maybe we should take three months of, of income that you need off the table now so that we're not sacrificing pulling more money in a lower market. These, again, are the customized conversations that I'm having proactively with clients, making sure that they know that I am here for them. And again, this is where I earn my money. This is Sherry Hill. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show with guest Karen Vibe, who's a certified financial planner with Morgan Stanley. I'm one of those where 
I look at it and go back in, what was it, 2008, 2000? I mean, I literally saw my 401k split in half, right? I mean, I just lost half of it, as did the rest of the country. It was very interesting, (laughs) Sherry, and I I will use this opportunity to toot my own horn and and boast just a little bit. But as a newer financial advisor, I was in the, I, I was hired in 2005. So I was only three years in and did not have a large book of business. But with that, I I was able to be very nimble and take some risks with clients because I had fewer clients. And so 34 households of my clients actually ended up ahead in the market because we had those conversations and decided to either short the market, sell out, take some really great buying opportunities and strategize with new money that was coming in. It really saved my career. And so those are the types of conversations when you know your clients and you have those conversations, you can take advantage of the opportunities versus being just a number that's out there and not having uh, your only advice is coming from TV or or from the radio or wherever that you get your advice. Exactly. I don't recall getting any phone call. Exactly. So so what I (laughs) offer is assurance to clients where sometimes when you're, you're, you're out there in space and you don't have somebody who knows you, how can you possibly be getting the correct advice for your situation? That's good advice. Karen, what I love about you're so passionate and you really care about people and it's like anything. I'm very passionate about helping people create successful businesses, not start and failure before they begin because they don't want to pay for good advice. Same with you. We need money. Exactly. You need money and you need somebody who's tough, who who knows when to take risks and how to take risks and when to hold your hand and when to be tough with you and say, we're staying in, hang in there because your situation dictates X, Y, Z. And sometimes I get so passionate that it often comes out to be, well, Karen's unapproachable. She's, you know, she's so great. She wouldn't possibly want, you know, somebody like me to help. I'm sure she's too busy or too many clients. That's not the case. I interview clients And we really need to, um, we come together based upon personality and whether or not I can help them with their specific goals. And I think sometimes when people are looking at hiring a financial advisor or having a financial advisor, they just take whoever comes along and they don't realize that there could be a really wonderful, close, phenomenal relationship with your personal financial advisor if you are willing to disclose everything and they are willing to be passionate and, and very caring and really want to help you. Right. Well, and plus, as you say... It takes a village, yes. and part of your village is, you know, estate planners and tax professionals and all the other pieces that fit into the plan. Exactly. I am not good at doing your taxes. You do not want me doing your taxes or, or an estate plan. I am not a lawyer. But those are the things that uh, with clients, sometimes we take on this whole, I can do it myself. Oh, it's just stocks and bonds. I can, you know, I can do E-Trade or whatever. The, they're not even competitors. They're completely different business models. I can do that on my own and I can do it better. Well, maybe you can, but most people can't. And so that's where I thrive, especially in times like these where I have knowledge and power that maybe the everyday person does not. Not, this is this is where I can get ahead for you and with you. All right. What's your phone number? Yes, 775-823-8641. This was a lot of fun. I really thank you for your insight and information. Karen Vibe, she's with Morgan Stanley. Really brilliant when it comes to this and her passion and everything shows through. So I'm going to leave you with this thought. This is from Benjamin Franklin. Wealth is not his that has it but his that enjoys it. And of course, I'm going to say wealth is not hers that has it, but hers that enjoys it too. Thank you so much, Sherry. 
The Sherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. Small business, the backbone of America. Send her a message on Facebook.com slash Sherry Hill Show and tune in next week, same time, same station for The Sherry Hill Show.